What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This is no April Fool's joke. Our March membership campaign was so successful that we're extending it through the entire month of April. Enjoy 50% off the regular monthly or annual membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code NOFOOLING, one word, to receive 50% off our regular membership price of $50 per year or $5 per month. Members receive access to bonus content, an ad-free listening experience, exclusive blog posts, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. This is a limited time offer, so act now. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code NOFOOLING to receive 50% off. Thank you. It's April 28th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. According to the BBC, rival factions of Sudan's military have agreed to renew a three-day ceasefire shortly before it was due to expire. The extension, which is scheduled for another 72 hours, follows intensive diplomatic efforts by neighboring countries, as well as the United States, United Kingdom, and the United Nations. But there are continuing reports of heavy fighting in the capital, Khartoum. The previous truce allowed thousands of people to attempt to flee to safety, while dozens of countries have tried to evacuate their citizens. Almost two weeks of fighting between the army and a rival paramilitary group have left hundreds dead. The ceasefire had been expected to end at midnight local time on Thursday. Early on Thursday evening, the Sudanese regular army agreed to an extension, and its rival, the paramilitary rapid support forces, followed suit hours later. South Sudan has offered to host peace talks, and the army has agreed to send representatives to the talks. Both factions fear losing power in Sudan because on both sides there are men who could end up at the International Criminal Court for War Crimes committed in Darfur almost 20 years ago. The New York Times reports that former Vice President Mike Pence appeared on Thursday before the grand jury hearing evidence about former President Trump's efforts to cling to power after he lost the 2020 election, a person briefed on the matter said, testifying in a criminal inquiry that could shape the legal and political fate of his one-time boss and possible 2024 rival. Mr. Pence spent more than five hours behind closed doors at the Federal District Court in Washington in an appearance that came after he was subpoenaed to testify before the grand jury earlier this year. It is not clear what testimony Mr. Pence provided on Thursday, but prosecutors were surely interested in Mr. Pence's accounts of his interactions with Mr. Trump and Trump advisors, including John Eastman, a lawyer who promoted the idea that they could use the congressional certification process on January 6th to give Mr. Trump a chance to remain in office. According to Reuters, Russia hurled missiles at cities across Ukraine as people slept early on Friday, killing at least 12 people, 
in the first large-scale airstrikes in nearly two months. The early morning attacks were carried out as Kyiv prepares to launch a counteroffensive to try to retake Russian-occupied territory. In the central city of Uman, firefighters battled a raging blaze at a residential apartment building that had been struck on an upper floor. At least 10 people were killed, including two children, and nine were taken to the hospital. The Ukrainian military said it shot down 21 of 23 cruise missiles fired by Russia. The Russian terror must face a fair response from Ukraine and the world, President Vladimir Zelensky wrote in a telegram post alongside images of the wreckage. And it will. It was not clear what Russia was targeting in Friday's attacks, though it has regularly struck civilian infrastructure, particularly energy facilities, throughout the winter. Elsewhere, Al Jazeera reports that an attack on a military base in eastern Burkina Faso has killed 33 soldiers and wounded 12 others in the latest outburst of violence in the West African country. Burkina Faso's armed forces have battled rebels since 2015. More than 10,000 civilians and members of security forces have died, according to estimates, while at least 2 million people have fled their homes. One-third of the country lies outside of government control. The ongoing violence has sparked anger within the military, fueling two coups last year that led to the ascent of the current leader, Captain Ibrahim Troure, in September. He has promised to reconquer lost ground, but attacks on security forces and civilians have worsened since the start of the year, inflicting hundreds of deaths. The latest violence comes as the armed forces were accused of indiscriminately killing civilians during anti-insurgency missions. A 2018 Senate investigation that found there was no evidence to substantiate any of the claims of sexual assault against the U.S. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh contained serious omissions according to new information obtained by The Guardian. The suggestion that Kavanaugh was the victim of mistaken identity was sent to the Judiciary Committee by a Colorado-based attorney named Joseph Smith Jr., according to a non-redacted copy of a 2018 email obtained by The Guardian. Smith was a friend and former colleague of the Judiciary Committee's then-lead counsel, Mike Davis. Smith wrote to Davis on September 29, 2018, that he was in a class behind Kavanaugh and Ramirez, who graduated in the class of 1987, and believed Ramirez was likely mistaken in identifying Kavanaugh. Instead, Smith said it was a fellow classmate named Jack Maxey, who was a member of Kavanaugh's fraternity, who allegedly had a reputation for exposing himself and had once done so at a party. In an interview with The Guardian, Maxey confirmed that he was still a senior in high school at the time of the alleged incident and said he had never been contacted by any of the Republican staffers who were conducting the investigation. The revelation raises new questions about apparent efforts to downplay and discredit accusations of sexual misconduct by Kavanaugh and exclude evidence that supported an alleged victim's claims. 
The AP reports that two U.S. Army helicopters collided and crashed Thursday in Alaska while returning from a training flight, killing three soldiers and injuring a fourth. Two of the soldiers died at the scene of the crash near Healy, Alaska, and a third died on the way to the hospital in Fairbanks. A fourth soldier was being treated at a hospital for injuries, the Army said in a statement. The names of those killed were being withheld until relatives could be notified, the Army said. The cause of the crash was under investigation, and more details would be released when they become available. Reporting from the UPI reveals that the Biden administration has unveiled a series of measures aimed at curbing an anticipated surge in migrant arrivals at the U.S. southern border when a COVID-19-era health policy that barred entry to millions expires in less than two weeks. In anticipation of the surge, the Biden administration official unveiled measures that include creating additional pathways for legal entry to the United States and stricter consequences for failure to use them. The biggest change announced Thursday is the creation of so-called regional processing centers that will be erected within the borders of Western Hemisphere partners including Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, and Colombia. The centers will screen migrants, and those eligible will be referred for refugee resettlement or other lawful pathways, including parole programs, to enter the United States, while also providing information on local options, the official said, adding that Canada and Spain have also shown interest in accepting referrals from the processing centers. In lighter news from CNN, a 7th grader in Michigan is being praised as a hero for preventing his bus from crashing after his bus driver lost consciousness, according to a school official. The bus driver experienced some dizziness while driving and followed protocol by alerting home base that she wasn't feeling well and was going to pull over to allow the transportation department to dispatch someone to provide relief to her but the driver didn't make it to where she planned to park, eventually passed out and couldn't stop the bus, which started to veer into oncoming traffic. The student, who was seated about five rows back, jumped up from his seat, threw his backpack down, ran to the front of the bus, grabbed the steering wheel and brought the bus to a stop in the middle of the road, even in the midst of panic. No injuries to the children on the bus were reported. The bus driver a 40-year-old woman, is stable but with precautions and was transported to a hospital for examination. That's all the news I have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune in to our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.